This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hi guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi everybody. <laughs> we, we've had a really exciting week. We have. It's you guys. You guys are amazing. Like seriously, thank you so much. We hit number three Woo. on the alternative health charts in the United States. Woo. Like that's that's kind of a big deal. For a minute, we were doing better than some of our podcasting heroes. I know. That's I know. Bulletproof Radio. Like Dave we Asprey. were number three, and he was number four, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> You guys are amazing. Thank you. Um, do you know you know what this just tells me? What does it tell you? How hungry people are for change. Yeah. Like you guys are thirsty. Like we've all been so dehydrated and we're just thirsting for empowerment and knowledge over our bodies. Did you just call our audience thirsty? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That's Why is funny it funny? No, but you guys, th- this just shows, this is just proof that you don't just want information. You want empowering information. You want to know how to apply it. You want to know how to use it. You want to know how to have power over your body again, over your kids' bodies. And that's just awesome. Or you just find our voices so, so deeply beautiful that you can't stop listening, even though you don't care what we're saying. I bet it's your sex jokes. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely my 12 year old sex yeah. jokes. You're welcome, America and the world. And and if this is your first episode, guys, it was only referenced once in the sleeping episode. So that's what but we got a lot to. of comments about it. I so know. We had a lot of people. Sorry if I offended you. No, most people said it was funny though. You're funny, Tris. Anyways, we should, we should probably get into our topic. So we're going to talk about your children today or other people's children, depending mm-hmm. on who you are and their behavioral health. This is a two-part series kind of. We, right. We've already recorded with Morgan Thomas, who I deeply respect. I call her the child whisperer. She runs a preschool here in Provo, Utah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so with her, we talked a lot about kind of the societal and technological factors that go into childhood behavioral issues, where essentially we're putting them into these very unnatural environments where we're expecting them to do things that their bodies and brains are not designed to do at that age, mm-hmm. right? The way that children like to explore the world is very hands-on. It's very active. Mm-hmm. That's just that's how they are. That's how we have evolved as a species. Yeah. Yet we've created this system where we put them into boxes with a bunch of other children. Mm-hmm. And then we tell them they have to sit still for hours at a time. Right. And we give them way less active play and exploration than mm-hmm. they really need. And then we wonder why they don't do well in that environment. Right. Or they act out right. or they have behavioral issues. Right. Then they come home and we put them on tablets and phones and mm-hmm. TVs. Mm-hmm. And that actually does work. It works very well. They sit there and they pay close attention to what they're playing or watching. Mm-hmm. And that lets us get stuff done. And we love that as parents and adults. But all it really does is contribute to the further degradation of their mental and emotional well-being and their cognitive development. And it turns into anxiety Mm -hmm. and behavioral issues and attention attention deficits, basically. I mean, how many kids do you see sitting and just like they're, they're shaking something, they're moving something. I mean, those fidget spinner things, those things are hot. And why are they so hot now? But they like, we didn't need stuff like that 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Would have been fun though. It would have been fun, but (laughs) you know, there's, there's a lot of this uh, neurotic movement that kids are now experiencing. Um, And, and 
we we spoke a little bit about that with Morgan, but mm-hmm. we're we're gonna go a little bit more into like the the envi- the like the food aspect, the the gut biome aspect, the what else? What other aspects? Nutritional. Yeah. So, so generally speaking, we're going to talk about some of the factors that are less obvious. In mm-hmm. fact, some factors that a lot of experts, I'm doing air quotes, experts say have no effect on children's behavior and that we're silly for even talking about it. Right. But the fact is that it has to be having an effect. I love and, that these experts have this opinion and then we're like, well, what's the solution? They're like, there's no solution other than medications. It's like, right. Uh, no, I, yeah. We need a solution. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out how to fix this. Exactly. So we're going to try and give you some tools and some information today on like, how do we fix this problem? So, right. So let's, let's talk about the problem a little bit yeah. because we didn't really go into it a lot when we spoke with Morgan, no. um, but, but it's a problem. We have some major behavioral issues in our society as a whole, but, Mm -hmm. but children are are taking the brunt of that, I think. Yes. So what we're seeing a lot in our clinic, and we're going to give a lot of uh, clinical references, I think, just because of, you know, there's, there's research, there's statistics, and then there's what we're seeing in reality. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing in reality is we are getting younger and younger kids come in with sleep disorders, Mm -hmm. anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD, um, tons of, um, I don't know, ticks basically. And, um, and they, they can't function anymore. They can't f- figure out how to deal with life. And it's literally, they're, they're stressing over who knows what. Right. And, and there's also, it kind of goes into that. There's the oppositional defiant disorder that seems to be exploding these days where kids are, are very oppositional, mm-hmm. right? They're, not really interested in what authority has to say, which to some degree I totally understand. Right. Um, but you know, to a point where it's problematic that leads later to conduct disorder, which is, you know, juvenile detention type stuff and all mm-hmm. those issues. But they all kind of come back to the same underlying problem of there's something going on in kids, neurological and physiological development mm-hmm. that is not working as well as it could or as it used to. Or as, as maybe as it used to. Because mm-hmm. this is an increasing trend and, over and, the past and 20 so years. Once again, part of that is a result of the environment that we raise our children in has changed dramatically where mm-hmm. they're not spending nearly as much time outside yeah. where they're able to Move. burn off that energy, so to speak, and do all the exploration their bodies want to do. Mm-hmm. But there's also a huge, huge, huge kind of nutritional and chemical piece that comes down to what we're putting into our bodies or our children's bodies mm-hmm. and what we're exposing their bodies to in their environment, yep. chemically speaking. Exactly. And that's where we really want to focus. Okay. So should we get into it? Yeah, I, I think we should. Now, if you're like 15% of households out there, maybe even more than that, you have at least one child who has experienced a diagnosed Mm-hmm. emotional or behavioral issue. It's probably a lot higher than that, mm-hmm. especially in children under five. It's very unlikely to be diagnosed. Right. Parents don't really want to take their kids in and, and give them a diagnosis, have them see a shrink, so to speak. So, right. um, so if you're like that group of people, which is a massive group, you've, you've gone through this before. So you're wondering what on earth can I do? How can I address this? Right. So let's talk about what goes into that. Okay. Where do we start? Where do we, <laughs> there I don't are so even many know. Things. Should we talk about like babies? Let's start from the beginning. Sure. Right. Let's talk about babies. Um, what did we used to feed babies back in the day? 
boob. Yes, boob. But like you guys, kids used to eat vegetables. Right. They used to eat fruits. They used to eat whole foods. And now we're doing pureed things from packets. Right. You know, we're doing these little rice cereal things or these wheat cereal things. And we are like, the food is a nutrient dense. I like to call there's, there's power foods and there's healing foods, right? The majority of our kids' calories are all power foods. It's the grains, it's the carbs, it's the sugar. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great for energy if you're an athlete, Mm. but what if you are a developing child who is growing you know, a million miles an hour, you know, you need, you need healing foods. You need foods that are going to build your body up, building foods. Right. And so we're, we're taking these little babies and we are giving them power foods instead of the healing foods. I would add to that too, that these aren't just, it's not just that it's grains or that it's power foods. It's, these are Franken foods, right? These are foods that are synthetically built from the ground up and, Mm -hmm. and it's done in a way to, maximize the, I don't know, the flavor, the satisfaction, the sales ultimately, right? It's all a marketing thing, even the ingredients they put into it. And these are not from the earth ingredients for the most part. Even if they have components that initially were, Mm -hmm. these are not what we would call whole foods. Totally. Even if it's a pureed, whatever, banana baby food, Mm -hmm. that's not really what we did before because it hasn't been that long. It's been less than 200 years since we learned how to do all of this food processing to make it last longer on the shelf and to taste more satisfying, right. Mm -hmm. And more addictive Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and in its current form, it hasn't been there that long, which means that for thousands of years, probably tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, we were giving babies something different than we do now. Yep. What What was it and how did we do that? Right. Well, are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to ask you. Well, we were giving them real food, right. you know, like we were giving them meat and vegetables and fruit. Yeah. And so, but that's just not happening anymore. You know, foods have preservatives, foods are processed, they're overheated, they're dead. I mean, and not to bash like, you know, the fruit pouches or the veggie pouches, but those things are shelf stable. Have you ever made your own veggie pouch? You know, like you can refrigerate that for three days before Mm -hmm. it's old, you know? So it's, it's not living food. Yeah. It's, it's dead, you know? And so, and, and we're, we're missing this core of, you know, making food from scratch again. So I want to talk a little bit about um, a lot of people ask me about baby lid feeding or like, what is it? Baby, yeah, it's baby led feeding, right? Baby led weaning. Weaning, thank you. Weaning, that's the word. And um, let's talk about that for a little bit because we're also entering an age where kids can't handle textures, right? Mm -hmm. Most people don't recognize that that neurodevelopment of textures like in the mouth, because your mouth has one of the the highest amount of uh, nerve sensory, sensory nerves in it. Your fingertips have the second highest, I think, but it's, it's up there. Right. And so when we are taking our babies from breast milk and we're giving them pureed food, we are not training that neurosensitivity to accept textures, Mm -hmm. right? Because everything's now soupy. Right. So now we have children with these really sensitive gag reflexes Mm -hmm. that they have to go to physical therapy for literally go to physical therapy to have that retrained when they're like four and five and six, Yeah. you know, and that could have been prevented when they were six months old, seven months old, eight months old, but 
Go ahead. I would argue that this goes beyond just being able to eat real foods. Mm -hmm. I believe that it does play into the neurological development of children. That as their brains are learning to experience these foods, it is creating connections in Mm -hmm. their brain that are going to cascade through the rest of their development, through right. the rest of their life, in ways that we will probably never comprehend. Exactly. But in ways that existed for thousands and thousands of years mm-hmm. until fairly recently. Exactly. Which means that as we always talk about, we are the guinea pigs in this big societal experiment. We totally are. And I'm a little bit worried about what the results are going to show. Right. Because we're already seeing some of those outcomes. So much of it. So going back to feeding kids, right? So, so then what do you do? Um, I'm going to tell you what my pediatrician told me. And, and so, because a doctor said it, it's safe, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> totally. so, so what he said was make sure like for, and I'm going to tell you in the context of vegetables, a lot of people ask me, well, I give my kids fruits, like their first foods are fruits. You guys, you want to keep food as bland as possible. You are, you are developing their palate. If you start giving their, them their first foods being extremely sweet, yes, it is from fruit. Yes, it has vitamins. Yes, it has minerals. But if you are training their palate to crave these sugars, because it's still fructose, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to want sweeter food, sweeter food, sweeter food. So this is what I highly recommend you guys doing when it comes to your babies. Steam the food mm-hmm. and then cut it up into teeny tiny little pieces and mince let it. mince. Yes. And then this is what you're going to do. You're going to put it in front of them and you're going to let them play with it. And mm-hmm. they're going to touch it with their hands and they're going to touch it with their mouth and they're going to pull it out of their mouth again. And they're going to touch it with their hands and they're experimenting. It's this, it's this neurosensory sensory world that they are creating versus just taking a spoon and shoving it in their mouths. Right. Let them play with it. Let them like they're dating their food. You guys let them date it. <laughs> let them understand it. They're being seduced by yes. the food <laughs> and, and it's messy y'all. It is so messy and that's okay. Like, Put a tarp over your kid so that you can clean it up easily, but let them get messy with it. In fact, in general, let your kids be messy. That's that's what yeah. they do. It's how they explore the world. It's how their senses get to learn what's going on around them. Exactly. But that goes double for food. Let mm-hmm. them get messy. Let them play with it. Don't don't feel like you need to accomplish the goal of getting the food into their bellies. Exactly. They'll eat, they'll mm-hmm. get there. Now, now everyone's like, but what about choking? All right. Mm-hmm. So cut it up really fine. Yeah. Babies, kids have incredible, incredible like gag reflexes. So right. if they're choking on something, they're going to cough it up. Make sure you're watching them though. You guys yeah, yeah. like just be, be mindful and, um, and let them, let them just go to town right. on. And again, Cooked steamed steamed vegetables. They're nice and soft. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many times Satori would choke on her food. And I remember I'm like, okay, my pediatrician better know what he's talking about. <laughs> and every time she'd just cough it up, you yeah. know. But no, the kids are such good eaters. I mean, yeah. they they do so great. If you can delay their fruit exposure for as long as possible, because mm. here's why. Fruit today, even even organic fruit, it's sweeter than it was a hundred years ago. Right. It's It's been genetically modified, even the organic stuff. It has been modified to be sweeter, to have more fructose in it and, um, and to be bigger really. Whereas have you guys tasted wild berries? They're bitter. They're, they're, they're not like store-bought be- berries at Costco or something like that. So when it comes to our veggies, when it comes to first foods, 
Let's go to vegetables first. All right. And I, I, and again, I love broccoli, cauliflower, um, peas, peas are a little bit starchy, but again, they're not super sugary, uh, steamed carrots. What, what kind of first foods do you like, Tris? Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. It's, um, it's veggies, literally expose them to everything. Yeah. Expose them to everything. Freaking Brussels sprouts. I know. Right. They may like it. They may not like it, but as long as it's, you know, cut up fine, it's soft enough. Mm -hmm. It'll be, it'll be a good experience for them to be exposed to it. So it can sometimes take up to 16 times for a child to be exposed to food before they actually enjoy it and Mm -hmm. accept it. So you guys exposure therapy, that's where it comes from. Now, when it comes to those puffy wheat cereal things Mm. that you can buy in a container, um, very starchy. We are biologically designed to gravitate towards starchy foods for our survival because the starchier it is, the more calories we'll put on, the more fat we can put on to survive. But we don't live like that's, we have the opposite problem now. And so we are, we have this overabundance of grain farming, this overabundance of eating grains and it's cheap and it has issues like glyphosate contamination. If you, if you want to learn more about gut dysfunction, go listen to our gut health episode. It's, it's really good. And we go into how our farming practices and the glyphosate contamination is just wrecking our GI tracts. But I I just really want to drive home that the majority of kids' first foods are these puffed wheats and it's yeah. grains and it's the yogurts with the dried fruit when really it should be bland food. Trust me, you give a baby bland vegetables, they are going to love that stuff. Yeah, it's not bland to them. It's not bland to them at all. So that is the neuro rewiring or the neuro wiring that you want to enforce in them. That's what you want them getting used to in their lives. Because you're, again, you're creating a baseline, right? You, you want them to be okay with these textures. You want them to be okay with these flavors because once that is their foundation, then it's, it's easier to always go back to that. Right. And like you said, Jenny, it's really difficult to go back once you've hit the, the really sweet and super satisfying stuff. Totally. Right. As soon as you start activating those reward centers in the brain, Mm -hmm. that's what the brain's going to go after. Kids don't have the long-term foresight to say, Hmm, maybe I should eat something healthy because it'll help my body develop better. Right. Right. All they know is that tastes good. I want that. And in comparison, that vegetable doesn't taste as good. Right. So no, thank you to that. Right. And if you've ever fought with a kid about trying to get them to eat vegetables, you know how awful it can be. It's so hard. So just, don't go there in the first place and you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Also, you guys, monkey see, monkey do. So mm. if they see you eating it, they're going to want to eat it. Right. So I actually did think of a couple other foods that I think people should be introducing their children to mm-hmm. at a young age. Yeah. Um, one is nuts. And, mm, and granted, yeah. they need to be a little bit older because the nuts yeah. are a choking hazard. Yes. But we have a huge allergy problem in our society. And even if it's not a full-blown anaphylactic allergy situation, mm-hmm. it could be a sensitivity situation, which is going to cause all sorts of uh, yeah. GI problems, totally. digestive issues. And that actually can affect behavior down the line totally. in a lot of ways that we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. So getting them exposed to those things early. In yeah. fact, children exposed to peanuts before the age of one are far less likely to develop a peanut allergy. We should talk about peanuts. 
because I mean, I don't like peanuts, but I don't want my kids to be allergic to peanuts either because it's hidden in everything. Right. Right. But so with young kids, you can do like almond butters. Sure. Oh, well, nut butters. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Nuts in general. Fantastic. But you guys, so if you guys are wondering, do we give our kids peanuts? No, we don't. We don't eat them ourselves. We we don't just because um, it's really high in aflatoxins, Mm -hmm. which can be extremely inflammatory in the body. Although you know what else is high in aflatoxins that we don't talk about? Corn. Corn. Yep. And it's exactly. in everything, including the meat half of y'all are eating and, out there. Right. And it's literally like, it's, it's called aflatoxin for a reason because it's a toxin. Yeah. And, and highly carcinogenic. Highly. It's so damaging to your liver. And like these two foods are riddled with it. What was it that you were telling me yesterday about 50% of food consumed by Americans is corn? Kind of. So there's this guy, he does, he, he gets hairs from people. And if you've ever done a hair mineral analysis, it's not all that different from it. But then he examines the, he does a a gas chromatography analysis and examines the elements in the hair. And based on that, he can get a really good idea of your general diet. Mm -hmm. And he has found that the modern Americans, their, their average diet contains about 50% corn. Yeah. Even if they are primarily carnivorous Mm -hmm. because most cows in America, when they are conventionally raised, they're fed fed corn. Corn, soy. And that corn basically continues through the meat that the cows produce and Mm -hmm. into our bodies. So basically you are what your food eats. Yeah. So pick your food very carefully. And on that note, the types of vegetables that you feed your family Mm -hmm. do matter. Right. There's a lot of controversy about the organic movement and whether organic certified is meaningful at all. Yeah. I would argue it's not nearly enough. It's a very weak standard, mm-hmm. but it's an important standard because it's the one that we've got. Yeah. And food that is organically raised is far more likely to contain an abundance of nutrients that our bodies need. Right. The minerals, the vitamins, the whole thing, it's mm-hmm. better with organic food. And there is evidence of this. You can look this stuff up. It's yeah. not just propaganda. Right. So, when you're feeding your children, Feed them organic, organic foods. foods. Exactly. Here's, here's a very specific way that that can play out. Um, one of the big factors for mental health is the abundance of trace minerals that we mm-hmm. get into our systems. Mm-hmm. And because of the soil practices in America for the last 200 plus years, we have very badly depleted our soil of trace minerals. Mm-hmm. I want to do a whole episode on that. We'll see if that's too nerdy. On trace minerals or on farming? On practices? soil, specifically oh, on soil. We need to talk about that. I mean, we've, we we've talked about it, right? Mm-hmm. We did an episode uh, with Dr. Dr. Pedre where we, we covered it, but I want to go deeper yeah. into the soil. God. So, <laughs> no? Yeah. What? I made a soil joke. What did you say? I go deeper into the soil. Oh, Come on. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. I'm so All right. sorry. <laughs> anyway, I do. I want to go. clever. Oh, yeah. Thank really you. Clever. It's not funny when I have I'm to explain. Sorry. It. I'm sorry. I'm oh sorry. <laughs> but I want to go deeper into that topic because it is so important for us to understand as consumers that it matters where our food is grown and how our food is grown. Mm. It really does matter. And to be honest, if, if we're doing this right, and this is an area that Janique and I still have to figure out, we should be growing our own food. I know. Because that's the only way to make sure that it's grown in good soil with good practices without any weird contamination getting into the production process. Yep. I mean, think about this guys. Okay. So we know that, 
like your gut is your second brain, right? Mm -hmm. We know when you have gut dysbiosis, you have um, gut inflammation, brain inflammation. Mm -hmm. You are more likely to suffer from anxiety, depression, um, neuroses. Mm. What? what? <laughs> neuro, neuro, neuroses? Neuroses. Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, neuroses. <laughs> uh, what did I say? I don't know. Neuroses. <laughs> neuroses. <laughs> I added extra letters. Oh, there. okay. Sorry guys. Neuroses. Um, but, but when we, so when we're buying our food from farms, you know, they're not creating their own compost, right? right. Like we've, there was an, a very important aspect of farming back in the day yep. that incorporated fermented foods, compost. Fermented highly, foods and uh, also the poop. Yes. And tons of bacteria, tons of microbiome, right? And we would put this in our soil and grow our food in it. And then we would eat it. And then we would replenish our biome. Right. That's not happening anymore because that no. takes a lot of energy. There's probably like maybe five farms that do that. But, I don't know how many, but. But not just our biome, also all of our cells because of those trace minerals, mm -hmm. which brings me back to what I was saying before, yes. that when we are missing these trace minerals from our diet, mm -hmm. we are missing important building blocks that our cells need to do their jobs. For example, one very, very important trace mineral is lithium. Mm -hmm. You may have heard of lithium because it's a very commonly used medication for bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And while it's very effective at that, it also has some pretty negative side effects because they're giving it in these super mega doses. Right. But as a trace mineral, meaning you get trace amounts of it, very mm -hmm. tiny amounts, it is extremely helpful for general mental and emotional yeah. well-being. In fact, lithium actually shows up a ton on my hair analyses, mm. a ton, like especially when emotions show up yeah. and stress and lithium will be there too. Right. I see it and all the time. I actually, a an article that just got released, it was a research study they just recently published showed that trace amounts of lithium can halt the progression of Alzheimer's disease. That's amazing. That's a big deal. That's really cool. And what's awesome about it is that it's a totally natural thing if we can fix our soil. Mm -hmm. Totally. So what can you do in the meantime? Get your trace minerals. Yep. Help so, your kids get them. Yep. We, we sell a product in the store called Superior Trace mm -hmm. Minerals that you can order. They're, they taste so good, you guys. Okay. If you're, if you're, if you're dealing with a child that's addicted to sugar, switch out their juices with this stuff because it's sweetened with real stevia leaf. There's synthetic stevia. Did you guys know that? Like, what do they call it? Stevia glucosides or stevia side? No, they just call it stevia. Oh, so okay. if, if you, if it's real stevia, if it says stevia leaf, and then it shows the milligrams of it on the bottle. Interesting. If you see the stevia in the other ingredients, and I, I quote other ingredients, then it's not real stevia. It's process synthetic. All right. So okay. isn't that crazy? Yeah. So with this superior mineral drops, if your kids are addicted to juices, apple juice, grape juice, whatever, switch it up with this, mm -hmm. try and like crowd out that juice with this stuff and mm -hmm. then try to get them to drink more water. You mm -hmm. know, like it's, it's going to be a process, but, um, but you guys, we really need to, and I, and I want to say this <laughs> so that it makes sense. We need to dirty up our water because we've, we've, done this kind of swing around where we are all realizing, you know, Florida, like fluoride in our water is bad. Chlorine in our water is bad. So everyone's installing reverse osmosis mm -hmm. filters. So 
too clean of water that has literally nothing in it is going to dehydrate us. Clean isn't even the right word. It's sterile. That's so, what it is. Yes, it's, it's sterile, sterile water. water. So, um, so we need to dirty up our water a little bit. So if you have an RO, then you need to put minerals back in. So yeah. I really like the company Trace Minerals. I like I, the mm-hmm. Superior. I, I, uh, Trace Minerals is awesome because mm-hmm. it, it comes from the ocean, yeah. but not in the way you expect. Actually, right? it doesn't. It comes from like the Great Salt Lake. Yes. They're, they're like a... Right. So... So An when I say ocean, when, yeah, when I say ocean, I mean that in a very indirect way. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not pulling it out of the Pacific ocean off no. the shores of California. Right. This was an ancient ocean or a gigantic salty lake, which mm-hmm. I suppose is an ocean, right? Yeah. Um, but it has all of those trace minerals naturally mm-hmm. and, and it's, a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it is not tasty. No, it's not. It's not tasty, which is why the Superior does a lot better in our mm-hmm. shop than the Trace Minerals. However, I'm a big believer in switching things up. All the time. Because mm-hmm. we need variety and we yep. don't really know what we're missing out on. Exactly. Well, there's no way the we can, yeah, there's no way we can trace back to, this is the thing working. So right. alternate it, right? There's a third option though. What? The Sheila Jeet. Oh yes, yeah, Shilajit. Love, love, love Shilajit. And this one's hard to really explain, but it's basically, yeah. it, it comes from the mountains. So mm-hmm. it's very pristine environmentally, right? Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not pulling this out of a polluted modern environment, but it's the, the residue and the deposits of thousands or even millions of years of life, mm-hmm. plant life, animal life, all Foliage. of it. As it dies mm-hmm. and decays, it turns into this uh, mossy, really, really nutrient dense mud, Mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And we've discovered as a people that if we can kind of harvest this Mm -hmm. and turn it into a a supplement Mm -hmm. of sorts, which we call Shilajit, we can get so many of these micronutrients into our bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, our favorites actually come from mitolife. Yeah. And what's some links in the, yeah, yeah. the what you for sure. Well, on the show notes, we'll Thank get you. some links in there. But mm-hmm. what I love about the Mitolife, we've tried many different types of Shilajit, yeah. and it, the taste. No matter what you do, the taste is going to be difficult. But what's yeah. nice about the Mitolife brand is that it's tablets, so you can so just swallow them. You pop it in your mouth, pop some water in there, and swallow it. You don't have to taste it very much. Yep. The other forms it comes in are, are like, like a paste or a powder. Yeah, paste or powder. The it's, powder was awful. Ooh, it's strong. Mm-hmm. It's strong. It's uh, you you do kind of get used to it, but yeah. there's no way your kids are going to be okay no. with it unless you start them super, super young, I suppose. Right. The tablets though, very much more doable, mm-hmm. right? You could yep. probably hide that in a green smoothie. Even. Yep. We haven't tried that. Have we? Uh, no, we haven't actually. Maybe we we'll should. We I totally know. should. I've actually just realized it's been a week since I took it because it got kind of organized and yeah, I, right? I don't see it anymore. <laughs> so we need to get back to that. But, um, but so we have all these options, but these trace minerals are so, so, so important. They're important for brain health. They're mm-hmm. important for energy production They're, I mean, the fact that we are all so tired these days, we're right. tired and we're dehydrated, yeah. you know, and everyone is saying, well, push more water, more water. No guys, water with minerals because yeah. we're going to dehydrate ourselves and our kidneys are going to hate us. Right. It's not just the water. It's mm-hmm. the electrolytes and uh-huh. the trace minerals that come with that. Exactly. So we need all of those things. And our children need all of those Mm -hmm. things in order for their brains and their bodies to develop properly and to do what they need to do. Because basically minerals are like, they're they're the electrolytes. They are literally the electricity that charges the cells that turn the cells on and off, that turns organelles on and off. Like you need this. And so that's why, again, this is why we're tired. This is why our brains are tired. This Mm -hmm. is why we're functioning at like 
50% now because we're getting half the energy, half the minerals. We're so depleted. Mm -hmm. We're depleted from our foods, from the soils, from the water. Um, It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Another article I was reading today actually talked about how our uh, lysozymes in our cells, which Mm -hmm. are kind of like the stomach or the garbage disposal of the cell. Yeah. The the cleaners. The Mm -hmm. cleaners. They Mm -hmm. rely on iron Mm -hmm. in order to do their job. And without that, our cells can't replicate. It's it's kind of what happens with enzyme depletion that Mm -hmm. because we can't break stuff down, the cells, they stop replicating Mm -hmm. and then we get major developmental issues. Do you want to hear something funny about this? I do. So someone came into the clinic yesterday and we were scheduling her for blood work and she said, can you quickly take a look at my daughter's blood work real fast? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she shows me her 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 white blood cell count yeah. and her red blood cell count. And I immediately looked at her. I'm like, is your daughter vegan? And she's oh. like, how did you know? And I'm mm, like, yep, because we need iron. We need- Were the red blood need- cells really low? Yes, mm. everything was low, everything. everything. Was low. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we're, we're lacking some serious things here. Right. You know, and so you mentioning the iron, the mm-hmm. cell replication. I'm like, oh yeah, it all, it's all making sense. And the reason why I said is you can get iron from plants, mm-hmm. but there's heme iron and mm-hmm. non-heme iron. Mm-hmm. And it's the non-heme- from animals, right? Mm-mm. No, heme. Heme, heme is from animals so, yes, and heme is, is what our blood cells use, right? That's how yes. we carry oxygen throughout it's, our body. It's the most absorbable, mm-hmm. right? So again, if you have been dealing with gut issues, you're not absorbing. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you're eating the iron that's the most absorbable. That's the, there's less um, conversion, right. you know? So from plant iron, it has to go from um, non-heme mm-hmm. to heme, mm-hmm. you know, that takes some converting. So right. anyways, not, not to bash vegans, but if you're right. really sick, you know, like maybe consider healing first and then go to veganism. Right. We'll and, do another and, episode on that. And with children, that's all the more important yes. that, that children cannot afford to be deprived of nutrients, especially in the beginning, especially you early can't. on. So, so we need, if, if you're going to choose a diet that is extreme in any mm-hmm. way, and I, I don't know how else to call it, but veganism, Mm -hmm. whole food plant-based is extreme. Um, You have to be super, super careful with the children to make sure that they are not missing out on any of those nutrients. So I want to give you guys a visual. This is how important the first 20 years of your life and your health and your, your nutrition is. So imagine a tree that you planted a seed for a tree and you don't see anything growing yet and you don't see anything growing yet and years go by. And then let's say 20 years go by and all of a sudden your tree starts sprouting. Mm -hmm. Those 20 years, you were growing roots. Oh yeah. So the deeper the roots, the thicker the roots, the bigger, the healthier, the more robust that tree is going to be. If you are not giving, if you're not creating good, healthy roots in your children, they're going to be sickly adults. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. So if they start off mineral depleted, if they start off nutrient depleted and they're starting to have, you know, nervousness or anxiety or sleep issues, neurological imbalances from five years old, six years old, seven years old, guaranteed you're going to see an adult in their twenties and their thirties and their forties on medications. Right. And it doesn't even take that long. I'm actually, I'm looking at an article right now. This was published. What's today? The 26th of January. I don't know. Any uh, 26. All right. So Mm -hmm. two days ago, an article was published that looked at long-term effects of exposure to air pollution Mm. in children. Mm -hmm. One-year-olds exposed to high air pollution 
by the age of 12 had significant structural changes in their brain. That's insane. Right? And and we don't necessarily know the exact mechanism by which that's happening, but we do know that when we have high air pollution, the relative percentage of oxygen mm-hmm. drops. Yeah. Right? And and therefore the availability of the good parts of air, which Mm -hmm. is basically oxygen goes down and our body then has to figure out what to do with all the other elements in the air that normally wouldn't be there. Right. So it starts so, so young It does, and it affects them in so many different ways that Mm -hmm. we have to protect them in any way that we can. Yep. Right. Yep. So, so that, that covers a lot of the food stuff, but there are some foods that I need to talk about this because I love talking about this. And is it liver? The moms always hate it. <laughs> Everyone hates it. Yes, it's the liver. So, <laughs> liver pate. Mm-hmm. Try it. Just try it. Or if your kids can swallow pills, give them the organ complex. You can. Uh, you can even hide the the organ complex in their their green smoothies. But seriously, in early childhood, you have an opportunity to expose them to foods that you personally can't stand yeah, and they could grow up actually liking it. Your grandparents loved liver yes, they did, because they grew up eating liver. I grew up eating liver. Well, what's your problem then? Well, because (laughs) we never make, I don't, I love it. Are you kidding? Oh, you love liver? Yeah. I don't like when it's raw and you're cutting it. Like it smells. Oh yeah. Preparing it is terrible. But like cooked in food, like when we cook it with Uh our ground beef, like no one notices it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's pretty well hidden, but But so, so expose your children to it and, and liver pate is an excellent way to do that because it doesn't have the liver texture. Right. And, and there are some recipes out there. We'll link to one in the show notes again Mm -hmm. and make it for your kids. Even if you yourself cannot handle it. Yeah. Expose the kids to it. Yep. It's one of the most amazing things you can do for them because liver is so rich in Mm -hmm. all the nutrients their bodies need. Vitamin D, vitamin A, Mm -hmm. zinc, magnesium. I mean- the list goes on and on and on. So right? many Vi- B vitamins. B like, oh the oh B my vitamins. God, the B vitamins, you guys. Speaking of mental health and behavioral oh my health gosh. and connective tissue disorders. So mm-hmm. I, I have another cool story, but let's talk about the B vitamins and liver real fast. So many people take methylated Bs that are like in the ten thousand percent right. daily values. Um, you guys just eating liver. You're it's got thousand percent. Like it's like five thousand, six thousand percent. B vitamins. Yeah. So, so let's, and really high in vitamin A too. Let's talk about that for a second. The, 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 the methylation thing, right? So MTHFR, you may have heard of it. You may have not. I'm finding that it's not as popular now as it was a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's still this big fad right now that Mm -hmm. there are gene mutations that people have that kind of, mm, what's the word? It hinders their methylation process. Methylation is kind of how you're body turns genes on and off. Is yeah. that a fair? Like close enough. Close enough. All right. And uh, so what, what has become very popular is people will get their genetic testing done mm-hmm. and they'll find they've got one or more of these mutated genes that, right. that slows down their methylation abilities. And then they get put on these really, really high amounts of methylated B vitamins mm-hmm. uh, because it's specifically some of these B vitamins, the cobalamin, the folate, um, mm-hmm. riboflavin is involved in that as well that, yeah. that help our bodies to overcome these deficits, right. so to speak. So they right. just load up on these things, but then they start getting sick mm-hmm. and they start getting headaches and not feeling well and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of that stuff. So there's something going on here, right? right? But what we know is that 
natural food sources, mm-hmm. whole food sources of B vitamins are naturally methylated. Yeah. So we don't even have to worry about that if we're eating good liver. whole foods. Exactly. Liver. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Your body um, knows, your body can recognize this. Yeah. It can recognize it. It can absorb it. It can utilize it mm-hmm. versus something that's highly processed and put in a pill and right. extremely concentrated uh-huh. but and it, naturally so. It, it is very important to address a methylation issue early on yeah. because once again, children are doing so much with their genetic expression okay. at yeah. young ages. So, and that's where you can either go very, very wrong yeah. or you can set them up for a super strong foundation in their health. I want to share a story. I know this is supposed to be more about mental well-being mm-hmm. and sleep and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But um, I released on Instagram a an IGTV on MTHFR gene mutation and connective tissue right. uh, disorders yeah. where um, we're seeing a lot of kids with scoliosis and kyphosis and like pectus mm-hmm. and EDS. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of these connective tissue issues, right? right. And, and, and connective tissue, by the way, affects everything from your GI tract to your mm-hmm. heart, to, to your, your skin and hair and bones. To, so to it's, it's every Everywhere. Everywhere. And so um, I released and I said, listen, it could be a B vitamin deficiency. Like Mm -hmm. we're seeing in science and research that when you, if you have methylation issues, then you're going to have all of these, you know, scoliosis and, you know, Mm -hmm. plus we are having kids that are inactive. So they're not strengthening their tissues. They're tissue depleted, they're nutrient depleted. And so we're getting scoliosis and we're getting all of these, these, um, the structural, um, imbalances. Mm -hmm. So I had this uh, couple that I saw on Friday and they said, I listened to that. And I put our son who's 19 or 20 on the methylated bees and the organ complex, because they had taken him to all of these experts, Mm -hmm. all of these, like to all of these children hospitals Mm -hmm. and no one could figure it out. Right. They tested him for Marfan's. They tested him for, they basically said, ah, sorry, that's Bad genetics. Well, but yeah. And, and this kid was in pain, own. like yeah, tons of pain, of pain, lots of back pain, lots of tissue pain. Right. And so like on, they said on a pain scale of one to 10, he was a 10 all the time. Yeah. And then they gave him methylated bees and the organ complex. And the, he was taking both of them. Wow. And within two to three weeks, his pain went from a 10 to a two yeah. and he's functional. He's married. He's doing so awesome. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is what we're talking about is mm-hmm. these deficiencies. Now, can you imagine if, Everyone knew this and mm-hmm. we were giving our kids liver and we we're giving them, you know, Catalin yeah. or the organ complex. Mm-hmm. And we would see children with less structural um, issues, yeah. less, you know, pain, back pain, tissue pain, connective tissue pain, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe these meth, like this inability to methylate and heal our tissues is linked to like fibromyalgia. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. Right. You know what I mean? Like fibromyalgia is just one of those blanket, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Diagnoses where it's, it's like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You have pain in your tissues. It's probably fibromyalgia. Right. Like maybe there's a link there. We don't know. Right. But what we do know is when people start feeding themselves real food, they start getting nutrient dense foods. Pain starts going away yeah. magically. Right. It's amazing. It is amazing. Sorry. It's Keep very, going. very amazing. So uh, I don't know. We are, so that, that yeah, kind of covers the, no, I mean that, that's why I'm a big fan of liver, right? Mm. This is why I'm always talking about it and and getting the grossed out looks from people when I do talk about it, but it's because right. it's so important. Mm-hmm. Another food that we don't eat very much that is so, so important, especially in developmental issues with children and behavioral issues, it's the small fatty fish, mm. right? Fatty fish in general, so great. 
we have ocean pollution problems, unfortunately, between Fukushima and all of the nasty stuff spilling into the ocean in terms of pollution. A lot of the big fish are not safe anymore. They have unhealthy levels of mercury. They have radiation. It's there's bad news, but the good news is that the smaller the fish, the less it tends to accumulate all of those mm-hmm. toxins. Mm-hmm. So things like sardines yeah. are actually fantastic. So good for Anchovies, you. right? Mm-hmm. And they have so many really great fats that help with neurological stuff, yep. which means for children's brain development, super duper important, right? Right. So if we want to make sure our children have the best possible shot at not getting into these behavioral issues or emotional anxiety, all that sort of stuff, give them the fatty fish, give them the sardines, learn how to prepare them, mm-hmm. overcome your own gag reflex, because once again, it can be a little bit they rough. They taste preparing so them. good. They I taste good, them. but making them is not fun if you're not accustomed to it. I have a hard time opening a can of sardines. You do? Because I know that when I see it, I'm going to go, oh, (laughs) (laughs) you guys get the sardines without the bones. Like do yourselves a favor. I know. I know you like the, but try to work your way up to the bones because they are so full of calcium. Okay. Here, here's us being honest. I still haven't worked up to the bones yet. We tried it once. It was a disaster. It was horrible. It scared (laughs) the crap out of me. And I'm like, I can't do that. So we haven't even worked. So we don't expect you to be better than us, but Mm -hmm. I'm just saying in an ideal situation, if you can work your way up to it, train your kids up to it. Yeah. Do the ones with the bones in the meantime, be better than us in the meantime. (laughs) Yeah. Get it without bones, get it without skin Yeah, and, um, and eat it. It is amazing. Mix it with some natural, maybe homemade mayonnaise Mm -hmm. and oh goodness, Mm -hmm. it is so tasty. So good. But you're going to have to overcome some And a little bit of apple cider, you guys, because it takes away a little bit of like fishiness and it makes it more tart and like Play around with it. It's really good. And then I like to dip um, cucumbers in it. It's so funny because when I put that on the menu plans for our gutsy Uh health members, they all complain. They always, they always joke and they're like, can I put this in a capsule? And I'm like, no guys, just exposure therapy. So <laughs> just making it would be Isn't over. So gross. No, no, thank you. So if you are members listening to this, I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> I love your brains. That's why I want you to eat this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Moving on. All right. What's our next so, point? So one other thing when it comes to exposing children to good foods that can help them, I want to talk about milk. Mm. Because milk is... We, we need to do an entire episode we, on dairy. We, we do. And today I'm just going to do a quick little thing on yeah. it. It's, I think it's the most consumed liquid mm. outside of water in, in America. I don't, I, I may have made that up. Diet Coke probably beats I know. it out. <laughs> Something way worse. But, but here's the problem. Milk as it's prepared 99% of the time is dead. Mm-hmm. Literally dead. The way that they can tell if milk has been properly pasteurized is if they no longer detect any enzymes in the milk. It's yeah. Why does that matter? Because our bodies need those enzymes to properly process mm-hmm. these exactly. foods. So milk without any enzymes means our bodies have to work twice as hard. And to be honest, our bodies aren't that great at it when it comes to lactose, right? How many of us struggle with that? So getting pasteurized milk that has had all of its natural enzymes pulled mm-hmm. out of it, you are not going to do well with that. Yeah, And neither are your children. So you're far more likely to create issues for them, dairy problems by exposing them to this pasteurized milk. Well, get this. Um, 
how they pasteurize it, actually the proteins in that milk too become very inflammatory because they, they stick to each other. They agglutinate, they bend. And you literally cannot unstick them. You can't unbend them. Like your gut wasn't made to do that. So then it it just causes all kinds of problems for you, It's like sandpaper in your gut. That's why so many people have dairy intolerances because Mm -hmm. they're they're literally drinking a substance their gut doesn't recognize, their gut can't absorb. And so so the immune system gets like, riled up right. and they're like, well, this is a foe. It's causing damage. Let's, let's go crazy every time it enters our system. Right. But, yeah. but then again, we're going to do a whole episode on dairy, you guys, but if you can find raw milk, oh my gosh, you are set. Listen, here's all you have to do. Go on eBay and search for goat. Find a goat for sale. <laughs> buy, buy a goat. <laughs> Just go buy a goat, put it in your backyard and milk it. Twice a day, every day. And then well, it has feed to have that a baby goat. Like, it has to, you know, be able okay. to produce. So, Don't buy a male goat I'm, and think it's going to give you milk, please. That, that's not milk. <laughs> All right. I'm being super facetious. I know you can't just go and get a goat, but in an ideal scenario, getting milk from a local farmer who feeds their animals grass Mm-hmm. And and not soybeans or some other yeah. garbage like that is the absolute best thing you could do, especially if you've got young children. It is really hard to come back from a dairy problem, right? If your body doesn't handle dairy, it can take a long, long time to get it to a place where it does well with dairy. Right. And for some right. people, it's never going to happen. But your children, while they're young, if you expose them to raw dairy they have a much better chance of doing well with it and being yeah. able to benefit from all of the incredible nutrients that are in there. Totally, Milk that has not been pasteurized is one of my favorite sources of good calcium, mm-hmm. the kind that our body can use, ionizable calcium. Mm-hmm. Milk that has been pasteurized. No, so inflammatory. That, that calcium doesn't do us any good. Like I feel like pasteurized milk tastes sour to me. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. It's, it's dead. It's just like reverse osmosis water, dead. it's dead. Just like distilled water, it's mm-hmm. dead. So don't do that. I have so many good gems on milk that we're going to save okay, for the next we'll save podcast it. We'll episode. Save it. So yes. I'll stop talking about milk so Janique's not tempted. I am so and tempted. <laughs> let's let's talk for a second about antibiotics. Oh, man. Because I think that's another massive area where we are doing a huge disservice Antibiotics, to steroids, I mean, medications, yeah. ibuprofen. Every time a child gets sick... We, we're, we're terrified of fevers. Right. And so we, we pump the Tylenol, we pump the ibuprofen. Yeah. We're disrupting that gut biome. You guys, your gut is your second brain. Your right. gut produces 200 times more serotonin than your brain. That's, that's a lot of serotonin. That's and, a lot. And we're talking about behavioral health, right? If you don't yes. have enough serotonin, you are not going to be in a good mental state. If no. you're not in a good mental state as a child, you are going to express that in the biggest ways possible mm-hmm. through your behavior and the volume of your voice and and how you interact with other people, right? Right. So that is so important. But the problem with antibiotics, this is not controversial, what we're saying, by the mm-hmm. way, because everyone who is an expert on this agrees that antibiotics are vastly overused. Mm-hmm. And because they're overused, not only are we creating super bugs yeah. that are capable of wreaking all kinds of havoc, yeah. but we are messing up the natural floral balance in our bodies, which means that our bodies are not able to do what they naturally do in order Mm -hmm. to keep us healthy. And that goes double for children. How many of you have children out there that have chronic constipation and or diarrhea? I know that what we see in the office is insane, right? It is, it's crazy hard. Keeping that gut balanced is Mm -hmm. one of the best ways to keep them regular. Yeah. 
And if they're regular, if they've got nicely formed stools, Mm -hmm. that's a great indicator that their gut health is strong. And if their gut health is strong, they're absorbing the vitamins they need. Those B vitamins, by the way, if you don't have good intestinal floral balance, you're You're not not absorbing them. Even if you're taking the high dose methylated Bs, Mm -hmm. it's just getting gobbled up by stuff that shouldn't be down there. right? Right. So- You've got to have that good gut balance, which means you've got to minimize your use of antibiotics. Save mm-hmm. it for legitimate crises, exactly. right? The emergency situations, because they are one of the best inventions in the history of medicine. Mm-hmm. But we have turned them into a household item. It's, it's a, yeah. It's like when we panic, we go to antibiotics. Right. You, you sneeze know. and you go get yourself an mm-hmm. antibiotic. That's, yeah. that's not okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about the earaches thing before, but what, nine out of 10? No, it's like 70% of ear infections is viral. Seven out of 10 is viral. Yet I would guess that 90% of them get treated with, with antibiotics. antibiotics that mm-hmm. don't work on viruses. They don't. They don't work. You guys, but what does work really well is mullein garlic. Yeah. Like use some mullein garlic in your kids' ears when they have ear infections. It's it, amazing. It's really easy to make. You can Google it, but it's even easier to Just go buy, buy it. it at the store. <laughs> we use Herb Farms mullein mm-hmm. garlic a lot so and great. It, it works wonders. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 100% success rate in our yeah. household. It not really that we is. get a lot, so maybe not the- Satori's had the most earaches in our yeah. entire family, but sure. we just use mullein garlic and it's like gone the next and day. It, 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 this stuff is amazing. We don't need antibiotics for no. this stuff, right? Yep. So- so stay away from the antibiotics. But, Find but other ways. Like, please listen to your doctor. Right. We have to say that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Please listen to your doctor. Do that. And, but do your research. <laughs> and, and challenge your doctor. That's okay too. Also, another disclaimer, we are not doctors. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, no, we're not. And, I don't and, want to get in trouble. And we don't want to be doctors, but we no. do want you to be informed and empowered so that you have a, what is the word I'm looking for? An equanimous relationship with your doctor. There's got to be an egalitarian. There's got to be a normal human word for that. We want you to be on the same playing field as your Mm -hmm. doctor, right? They are not the boss telling you what to do with your children and your own health. Right. And it is okay to question what they say and say, Mm -hmm. wait, is there, can you tell me why this is the case? Back this up, provide your evidence. Right. Right. Because that's what we do. If we tell you something, you better believe we can provide you evidence. Right. Whether that's from our real life experience or Mm -hmm. the research or a combination. Usually Mm -hmm. it's a combination. You guys, I want to go quickly on a little bit of a tangent about research. All right. Because so many times moms, especially women, right? Moms are constantly gaslighted for going onto what people call Dr. Google. Uh Like, oh, you shouldn't Google so much, right? Right. Or you shouldn't look that up. Or, you know, I went to medical school. So Mm -hmm. you guys, doctors use Google. Okay. Google is one of the, the internet is the most powerful tool on the face of the planet. Yeah. There is no reason you should be gaslighted for using it. Right. There is no reason you cannot utilize it. Yeah. All right. You do not have to go to medical school to learn how to research things. Right. You do not have to go to medical school to learn how to use the internet. Right. All right. I have so many doctors who have told me this, that before, like they will go and Google oh, yeah. patients like symptoms. And they should, by the way, a doctor that refuses to use Google is a doctor that I don't trust because Mm -hmm. there is no way their brain can contain more information, not to mention new information that has come out since Mm -hmm. they graduated from medical school. Mm -hmm. There's no way they can keep that all in their head. They should be using these resources. Now, granted, I would prefer they use something like Google Scholar, which actually has the research, but 
there's nothing wrong with you looking this up and asking questions. Exactly. You might be wrong. The internet's wrong all the time, mm-hmm. but you might be right. Exactly. And having that conversation is not damaging. Well, and here's the thing. The internet connects you to other experts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So find some experts that you trust Mm -hmm. and go to their sources. Cause a lot of times they will post sources, Right. you know, like there's nothing wrong with doing that. So the next time someone gaslights you, the next time someone shames you, then ask them, Oh, so you never use Google then. Yeah. Like you've never used Google before to look up anything to, to write your research papers. Right. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? If you, if you want to be snarky or just don't pick a fight and fire your doctor and find a new one. Or, or yeah, seriously, find a doctor who's a little bit more humble and, and willing to treat you like an equal. Right. Exactly. Rather than a a peasant or something like that. So, (laughs) uh, Anyway, antibiotics, antibiotics. (laughs) I think that's enough said, right? Yeah. In general, we live in an overly sanitized environment. We are so afraid to let our kids get dirty or Mm -hmm. be exposed to germs Mm -hmm. that they don't get exposed to anything. And they have a sterile inner environment that cannot handle Mm -hmm. attacks from the outside. Right. That doesn't help them at all. It's okay to let them get dirty. It's okay to occasionally catch them with their tongue on something you really wouldn't like it right. to be on, right? Um, that That's just, it's how their immune systems develop. It's how their bodies learn to mm-hmm. cope with a variety of things out in the world. Yep. Remember, hundreds of years ago, we didn't have the opportunity to be in a sterile environment. Mm-hmm. Our, our floors were dirty because they were dirt. People threw out their <laughs> urine and poop out the window, you know, into the streets. And granted, like, people died yeah. in a lot of terrible ways back then. So, so that made there's, there's a healthy medium. Absolutely. But the point is that you need to be exposed to dirt, like real soil. You need to breathe it in. Yeah. Which means you need to be out in it. Yep. Go out in nature. Let your kids play outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if I want to go into this because a lot of people are going to just groan and then unsubscribe. Oh, you guys, what are we putting on our lawns? Oh, the fertilizer. Not, not the, like the anti, the, the, the herbicides. Yeah, the weed killers. Yeah. Oh, I die a thousand deaths every, t- like even our little park up here in the mountains, they, mm-hmm. they do the. They spray it. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my gosh, what are we doing to ourselves? Now, obviously we can't prevent that, but maybe you can in your own yard. You know what I mean? Like you can not do the weed killer, but you can do like the nutrients, whatever. Here's something even more controversial. You don't need your lawn. Get rid of that grass. What are you talking about? I'm saying replace your grass with something that actually belongs in the area you live in. Like grass is not natural. Like a garden. Like, sure. Like Like, a pool? Like natural plants. Like a jacuzzi? Clover. No, not a jacuzzi. Come on. (laughs) I'm just, did did you hear me mention pool? (laughs) I heard pool. And and no, the answer is no. I'm kidding. No, I mean, let your yard be the natural flora of the area you live in. Now, Grant, we have sod in our backyard. I know. Yeah, I know we do. We're not perfect. But we we don't spray the herbicide stuff. Right. And our our lawn is not beautiful. We're not going to win any Better Homes and Gardens awards. But but one of my big goals is to grow a garden someday. So yeah, hopefully someday we'll get there. We'll get there when our kids move out. Um, but, but yeah, like that's, that's a hard one too. So you guys, if you have kids that have like eczema, for instance, that have some kind of strange sensitivities, maybe that is something to look at. Maybe it's something that you're, maybe, you know, I just, I'm just throwing that there because no one can trace it, but you. So if you're seeing patterns like with 
you know, your yard being sprayed or your neighbor's yard being sprayed, you know, maybe there's a connection there right? because those herbicides, they disrupt our gut biome, you know? So we, so we have to be careful. Um, I mean, their, their, their job is to disrupt growth, right. right and to right. kill and things certain, off on a yeah. cellular level. So mm-hmm. why would we want that in our bodies? Right. Exactly. It, it, it's, you know, it's the same concept as the glyphosate, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're just different chemical, whatever constituents. De- depletes us of very important mm-hmm. micronutrients. Strips us so, of minerals, proteins, yeah. gut disruptors, you know, like it's, yeah. so it's just little things that we're putting out here for you today, for you to kind of mull around in your brain with. Right. Yeah. This hasn't been the most organized episode. Sorry about that, but right. that's okay. That's yeah. all right. Um, Cause we also need to talk about what else goes into development. There is something I was just thinking of. And Screen now time? I'm not thinking of it. No. Cause we talked about that with Morgan Yeah. and and really with that one, that's an environmental thing that comes more along with the, how are your children spending their time? How are they right. exploring the world? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, from a, from a more of a nutritional standpoint. Oh, Okay. As your kids get older, the teenagers, right? That's a hugely vulnerable time emotionally because mm-hmm. of all the hormone changes that are taking place. Yeah. Watch out for the energy drinks. Oh yes. my God. Those, those have become very, very popular, be uh, especially with the teenagers, especially the teenage boys. I think it's all the marketing done to gamers or something totally. like that. But, but these things are, are, dangerous so for kids. Cardiovascular risks are very high mm-hmm. when it comes to these things because our bodies are not designed to be stimulated that strongly mm-hmm. and in that many different ways. Right. Caffeine can certainly have its place, but not in a growing person and not yeah. at the rate of 200 to 300 milligrams mm-hmm. a day, which is what your average energy drink contains. Right. That's going to mess with them. It also, these energy drinks tend to contain a whole bunch of synthetic B vitamins. Yeah. Um, if you do have an MTHFR, M- MTHFR mutation, a synthetic B vitamin is the absolute worst thing you can put in your body. Totally. It will mess you up. Yep. And you don't know probably if your teenager has one of those mutations. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't, those synthetic bees are no good for them. And that's just one of the many, many, many ingredients in energy drinks that can cause problems for them. So if you want to address their, their mood issues, their behavioral issues, that's one of the first places to look. Mm -hmm. Another place is their sleep. We did a sleep episode not too long ago. Go check it out. I believe you can get to it at mygutsyhealth.com slash blog slash sleep. Okay. If you can remember that. Yeah. Or just look it up in the podcast. <laughs> or just, or just, yeah. Look it up. was released like mid January. Uh huh. So if you are listening to this, like, it's like the 24th or something like that. So, um, but sleep for teenagers is so very important. It's important for kids too, but teenagers are, are where it starts to become a problem because they stay up late on their phones, right? Talking to their friends, texting, social media, yeah. all that. Or they're doing homework late at night because we're overextending them with all the different activities they have to do on top of school. Mm-hmm. And so they don't get enough sleep. Their brains need that so badly. They're looking at that blue light all the time. It's yeah. overstimulating their brains. Uh-huh. It's it's bad, you guys. Plus, you know, I was talking about this with a, a young client this this last week. And I'm like, you know, if we can decrease screen time, that's great. And they're like, but all our homework is done on computers yeah. now even more so that it's important that we're cutting down cell phone time, that we're cutting down screen time at home. Like, yeah, we can't control that at school, but there, maybe there's something we can do at home to put up boundaries. We need to put up boundaries with our foods, with our, with our bad foods, right? Right. Put up boundaries with our screens, with our technology, with the EMFs that we're 
bombarding ourselves with. We did an episode about EMFs, you guys. Please listen to that. Um, it was released, I think, like December 17th. Yeah, mid-December. Um, yeah, 2019. So please go listen to that because all of these little things create big things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's little things over time, mm-hmm. right? And like today, it's not going to affect you. Right. Next year, yeah, it, it will right. over time. It's just these small, it's a small breaking down, mm-hmm. you know, and you see the the little symptoms of it when they're six, yep. when they're seven, when they're eight, and now they're 12, yep. you know, and- uh, And that's the thing. In, in so many cases, it's not going to be an immediate and obvious effect, right? They're not going to eat a food and then, oh, there's bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Like you, you might've noticed, we haven't directly talked about, oh, sugar causes ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's not a lot of strong evidence saying that directly sugar causes ADHD. Mm -hmm. There are some immediate behavioral things. They get a sugar spike and so they're energetic and then they have Mm -hmm. a crash because the insulin spike that follows. But for the most part, that's not really what's going on there. What's going on there is that sugar causes a whole cascade of problems in your Mm -hmm. body. And that cascade of effects is what leads to the behavioral issues on a long-term basis. So scientifically, it's going to be very, very difficult for us to check that down, get a grip on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just read an article. I read a lot of articles today. um, So I keep mentioning articles. I am a little bit obsessed. I love it. I send Johnny texts like five a day. Like Mm -hmm. we've got to check this out. Share this with your people. We've got to check this out. But, but the one I read today was scientists finally starting to acknowledge that our, knowledge about how our environment affects us is super limited. They, so they, limited. they call this the exposome, mm-hmm. right? You've heard of the microbiome. Now we're talking about the exposome. exposome. Mm-hmm. And what they've done up until now is they take a single factor and in a short-term environment, they expose people to that factor and then they look at what happens to them mm-hmm. and they don't tend to get a lot. And so the conclusions they've come to are that, ah, this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But what they're not doing is looking at several different factors yep. in our exposome over mm-hmm. a long period of time. Exactly. And hopefully now that this has been officially acknowledged as of like two days ago, yeah. they will start on a, a broad level looking at this in a long-term and very inclusive manner. Yep. And by the way, that has implications for vaccines. That's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say about that right now. <laughs> um, and, and, and so hopefully 20 years from now, we can say with a lot more confidence, this is how these different environmental factors go into it. Mm-hmm. For now though, we're the guinea pigs. We're, yep. And, and if you're going to be a guinea pig, be a guinea pig for things that are going to help. Exactly. I mean, we're the guinea pigs and we're experiencing the decay yeah. of the environment and we're not putting the dots together. Right. We have to put the dots together ourselves. Yes. Our doctors aren't going to do that for us. No. The research right now isn't going to do that for us. Right. We're getting hints of that research. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's not coming fast enough. No. And by the time, by the time we find that connection, let's right. say it's in five years, let's say it's in 10 years, mm-hmm. like suggestions by our doctors are not going to be implemented until like 10 years after that, 15 years after that, you know, because they are so, um, when they are in medical school, they are only learning what has been in the research Mm -hmm. for the past, who knows, 50 years. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So, or that hasn't been in the research ever. It's just kind mm -hmm. of, this is what we do. It's tradition. So for instance, let's, let's use antibiotics as an example. We are getting lots of strong research that too many antibiotics are becoming problematic. Right. So only now are certain nursing schools, doctors, like 
med schools, only now are they teaching that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we still have tons of doctors mm-hmm. over prescribing antibiotics. Right. It's not going to be for another five years where we start seeing these new doctors right. trickle in and be like, you know, let's just watch and wait and see. Yep. You know, so, so this is why we need to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is why we need to be okay right. pushing back, yeah. getting a little gutsy. And ah. saying, there we go. I think that's the first time I've ever made that reference. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why we called the, this podcast the Gutsy Health Podcast, you guys, because it's a double entendre. Because so, <laughs> gut that wasn't health obvious. <laughs> and you got to be gutsy. There you go. Okay. We think we're funny. Um, <laughs> so, so let, let's, let's bring this back though to ground level, right? Your personal experience, you know that when your children aren't feeling well, they don't mm-hmm. behave well. In fact, this was a lesson that, that we had to learn with our children. Tennyson, when he was very young, he would have these days where he was just inconsolable, oh, right? Man. Like he would just be such a pain. I'm and, pretty sure you're, you're mistaking days with months. Well, well, I don't want to go into the colic <laughs> stuff, but, but there would be specific days where it would just like, I would come home from work and Johnny would just be like, I'm going to kill this little kid. Don't worry. She was never about no, to kill I him. was never going to kill um, him. But then the next day he would wake up and he would have obviously like a cold or flu throwing up mm-hmm. things like that. And we'd be like, Oh, oh that's why I could shoot. be sick. That, that's what mm-hmm. this is. This is what is happening to our children, but on a less obvious level, yeah. they have chronic low levels of discomfort because their bodies have chronic low levels of not health. Right. And it causes them to be that much closer to being on edge, right. Mm -hmm. To acting out, to yelling or, or hitting or whatever it is that we consider to be bad behavior. And it's because they're distracted by the fact that they just don't feel awesome and they don't have the language yet. Yeah. They don't understand to express, Oh, well my stomach hurts every time I eat. Right. Right. Or Mm -hmm. I feel super, super tired about an hour after a meal because Mm -hmm. of the insulin spike. They can't express that. So they act it out instead. And we as adults look at them through our adult mindset and say, you're not behaving well. Mm -hmm. You're a bad child. Mm -hmm. We usually have more self-restraint than to actually say that to them, but we're not looking at what's really going on there. We're not looking under the covers, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to see all this stuff going on. And that's why it matters. Even if you can't, measure it directly. Right. And that's it. And I'm, I'm out of time. And that's, so we've got to end it here. <laughs> I could keep going, but I'm going to stop. We were really silent for a second there. So, so the, I hope you, we've given you guys enough information to kind of, yeah. you know, roll around in your brain and, you know, get some, I don't know, some inspiration about your kid's health. Hope so. Um, I mean, we, we started from kids. We went into teenagers. Uh, anyways, you guys, it's all the work is at home when it comes to health, it's not going to be a magic pill. No. It's not going to be one thing. Right. It's it's going to be a whole shift yep. in your baseline, yep. in your lifestyle. It's you're you're revamping yourselves. Mm-hmm. You're recreating yourself. Yep. If you if if something isn't working for your child, yeah. then you have to change the right. environment. You have to change the child completely. Yep. And so so and that's a big commitment, right? It it's is. so hard. Um you guys live living in today's age is so hard. It's so hard because we have so many environmental factors that work against us, but not only that, it's glorified. Right. It's, it's celebrated. It's in commercials in colorful, like sparkly advertisements. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to push against that, to go against the grain and to say, 
you know, this isn't right for our family. Our family is struggling because of this. That's really, really hard. So we, we, we see that. And so what I want to say before we close off is I really respect that you come here. You listen to this, you empower yourselves. You want to do what's good for your kids. It's going to be hard. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be worth it. It I promise there is one thing that if I can gift my children, it's health. I never want to see them deal with struggle with disease and um, issues as adults. I want them living healthy, vibrant lives. If there's one thing I can give to our children, it would be sparing them from the experiences that we went through. Right. Oh my, so much. Having a two-year-old and another on the way and finding out that you have been given just maybe a couple years to live. That was devastating. That's, That's not an okay thing. And I would never, ever want my children to go through that. Never. That's why it's important to us. That's why we do this. And I would, I would have to say, we still feel the devastation of that on a daily basis. We do. We, we, we're still healing three years later, you know, our children, I mean, Satori, she's, she's pretty much unmarked, but you know, you see the, 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 the small doses of sadness come out of Tennyson and our lives. And so basically what I want to say is, I don't want you to, you guys to ever have to go through that with your children, with your loved ones. And so that's why we do this. And that's why we're giving you this information and that's it. (laughs) And and that's it. But we do have one last thing to say. We, we did launch our gutsy family podcast support program. Um, we, We put a lot of work into this. We really do. And it actually costs us a lot of money because we don't have the time to do all the editing and and uploading and and all of that stuff ourselves. So, so we pay a lot of money to make this run and, uh, anything that you can contribute to support that makes it so much easier for us to do this and to give you even more. So we launched this program to, uh, give you the opportunity to become a patron, Mm -hmm. right? Um, it's on our own website though. And it's, uh, you can get there by going to gutsy.ch slash support. There's a few different support tiers. It's, you know, it's not much, a couple bucks a month, five bucks a month, whatever, 10 bucks a month if you want to, but we're doing all kinds of really cool perks that come with it. Some behind the scenes type stuff, extra Q and A's with us, extra episodes Mm -hmm. down the line coming, um, all, all sorts of great stuff. So, you know, if you like the podcast, if some of the things we offer in the clinic just aren't right for you at this point in time, this is another way that you can kind of get involved in the community and, um, get more information. Yeah. And, and we're so grateful for the people that have already joined the family. We love it. We love you. And, and that's all we've got to say about that. And please rate or subscribe, leave a subscribe, tell your friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks you guys so much for listening. Thank you for empowering yourselves and, um, being thirsty for more information. And that's why we're here. And yes, I'm going to use the word thirsty. It's just goofy now. So, or hungry. Should I say hungry? Sure. There you go. Is that why you were laughing? I don't know. Okay. We're going to leave you guys. All right. Until next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.